Welcome to Elite Six Think Tank, an open discussion group with business owners who share their knowledge, experience and skills. Good morning everyone, welcome along. Uh, welcome along to Elite Six, a Think Tank meeting. Nice to have you are you going to join us Christo? Hey, you can come back in after. Come listen to the podcast, you'll be on it. Really? Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, no, we yeah, so welcome along. So um, last week we had a pretty good meeting. We talked about uh, what did we talk about last week? I don't know, but we're now talking about Teslas and how they're not up to scratch. Teslas. Good afternoon, Rob Woolley. Uh, Tesla, you're trying to be fashionable. Yeah. All right. So, um, it looks like a DeLorean. I'm sure people listening to us are thinking this is a really good conversation. We had a topic on uh, how to make your money grow. Uh, we come from that topic from last week because we talked about creating financial freedom and having a business that you own uh, that doesn't own you and it moved into uh, ways of or things that you could do with your money to uh, help create a better financial freedom. That's what I got from it. Uh, if you haven't been to our Think Tank meeting, I welcome Josh uh, from ITOPS. If you don't know about iTops, you can find it afterwards. Uh, we have to vacate the building by 11 o'clock today. They've got a meeting here at 11, so after the meeting we can carry on talking, but we'll try to do it out there if we can. Uh, uh, we've got three balls. If you want to talk, put your hand up, I'll give you a ball. Uh, if you're talking too long, I'll come and pry the ball out of your hand, and you can round up your conversation if you don't mind. And that's how we keep it going. So we've got four parts of the meeting. Um, Helen's doing our scribing today. Uh, and we usually talk about people's experiences that they've had with investments. You want to talk about that? Um, solutions you may have, because I know one thing that I struggled with is I always thought if you are going to invest in any money, you have to have money first. Uh, but James, that was here last week, talked about the power of actually saving up your loose change <laughs> that you have on your drawer. And I said I had $130 sitting on my drawer loose change I didn't count up for a year. <laughs> so um, there's just uh, investments can start from little bits and pieces. So uh, anyone got anything they'd like to start on? If you talk about your experience with investments, if anyone had some good things they glad they did or some silly things they wish they never did. I realise you need money first before you make it grow. I left here, I left this meeting and I went back to my photocopy and I put a $10 note and a $20 and I put 200% I photocopied it and they both, my money grew at the same rate, so <laughs> I like it. So I decided that I needed money first to make it grow because if I didn't have the money, I couldn't have done it. So that was where I started. <laughs> I like that. Now, if you listen to Rich Dad, Poor Dad, he actually, uh, his dad come home one day and he was actually trying to uh, make money out of lead because he thought that's how you make money. So that's not far from it, really. That's the modern version of it. Photocopy your money. Photocopy your money. Ben, um, if you don't have money to invest, you first got to invest in yourself. Uh, knowledge, skills, and experience, so that you can then use that to create surplus in order to then invest. Hmm. This year, my goal was to get debt free, but running, I'm pretty close. Except for yesterday, the other day when I crashed my car. Long story. But um, having money in the bank actually influences the way I make decisions a lot easier now when you're not what's the old saying when you're working for the dollar instead of not working for the man yeah so it is a nice way to run a business when 
you're not chasing the dollar. Nick? So that loose change thing has something about it though. So even if you don't have a huge amount of money, I mean you copied $10, what's to say that in two weeks you then copied another $10, you've got $20, if you keep going at that. So yes, you do have to have some money to make money, but you don't have to have a huge amount. And who, there's probably very few people in this room that couldn't put away 20 bucks a week into something. And then as that starts to grow, then keep reinvesting it. So it's not about having to have tens of thousands of dollars right at the start, it's about making a conscious decision to actually start. That's probably the bigger part of it. Wow, awesome. I like that. Um, yep. Mark. Um, well, picking up on the 20 bucks a week, probably the best thing to do with that for 20 bucks is put it in your KiwiSaver because you then, that gets you <laughs> up to... <laughs> no, but that, no, no, that, get, that gets you the $1,040 per year, which gives you the $560 government contribution. Very true. That's the best 20 bucks you can ever spend, really, because there's not many places that give you that level of thing. But the other thing... Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. The other thing was that I, I sort of left last meeting, and it's been a process I've been going through is reflecting on your own business and those overheads that you have that are good and bad. And and I've actually got a bad overhead in the sense that I, I, I work for an organisation, they've been great to me, but I am a contractor, so I'm on my own business. But I'm paying out 16 grand a year basically to, to be associated with this organisation that I get nothing back from. No, no uh, business leads or anything like that. And so my big decision over the last seven days was I need to remove myself from that so I can use that 16 grand a year in a better way. Okay, so you consolidate your debt? Consolidate debt. Uh, I'll give it a go. I'll give it a roll. Thank you. Uh, but we have... Uh, okay, thank you. Um, so there's... A couple of these, a couple of things. There's a really good book, and it's a podcast that I'm listening to at the moment called um, Profit First, and it's by Mike McCowitz. I can't say his last name properly, but basically what he's done is he's created, uh, and it's all about owning your own business, and that when you have your own business, the last person you pay is yourself because there's never enough money. And in the book, he talks about, and I think it's Henderson Syndrome or something like that. The less money in your bank account, the more money you actually create to pay your bills. So if that's the case, why not pay yourself first a small percentage of everything that comes into your bank account? So whenever somebody pays you some money, let's make it, let's say it's $20, they pay you $20, take 1% of that and put it in a bank account that you can't see and it's not part of all of your other bank accounts. And that then starts becoming the norm. So you'll make up that extra 20% somewhere else. Another sale will come in to replace that. But if you can get into that habit of paying yourself first, it's, it becomes a habit and there will be the money that's there and if you just keep firing it away. Um, the second one was the one that I said uh, last week was um, Harmony talking about $20 a week, it's it's $25 to invest in a personal loan. That's the minimum amount that you can invest is $25. Now potentially on that $25, depending on the loan, some loans are returning 25% per annum in interest. 
So you just start weighing that up of what it can return. And then once you uh, reinvest the capital, and that's called what again? Reinvest compounding interest. Mm. Then you've got that compounding interest going on. KiwiSave is always great, but I always you've got to diversify it, in my opinion. But do your own research because it's not secured. Um, but the thing is, is that you can only put a maximum of one hundred dollars in per loan. So you you're <coughs> spreading the risk basically. Basically. I mean, telling people about that all week. Sam, did you have a ball? I think you did. Oh, and um, oh, Rob, you got four points for us today. I think I got three. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll be as brief as I can. A long time ago, I was on a reasonable income and had massive debt, and I couldn't get out of it. Um, and so I was having a look at you know like the interest rates, and so you know like every money that every dollar that came in, you tried to put on the debt. And an interesting thing happened. I decided right, I was walking in into Whitcalls, and there was a book there which. Had, had something on the cover that really resonated with me, I bought it. And and the advice was counterintuitive to everything I knew. So I thought, if you've got debt that's incurring interest, you lower the debt, you're going to not have to hand out extra money in interest. You're better off. This book said, no, pay your debt off as slow as you can. And it said along the lines of what you're saying, that you pay yourself first, you put it into account, you never touch it. You look at that every now and again and you feel wealthy because I've got some money in there. You take your personal money that you're going to spend and you take it out of the bank, cash in your wallet. So every time you buy anything, you've got to pull money out and you're making a decision every time, do I really need that? And more often than not, you don't spend it, which means you feel rich and you're not spending as much. I managed to go and uh, get all the money that I owed off of a mate, throwed up, you know, like a legal um, expression of how it was all going to work. I paid them off in two years, and the moment that I signed that up, I felt rich. And I wish I was still doing it, to be perfectly honest. But you pay yourself first and spend cash, and you can see it go. I always have a lucky $100 note in my wallet, and every now and again I get two of them, and I give it to somebody else, and they're not allowed to spend it. Because I believe if you always have a bit of cash in your wallet, I've given away quite a few of them. Mm. So if you haven't got one, you're not really a deep, meaningful friend. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying, Rob. <laughs> Tim, not Tim, change the name, have you? What do you keep changing your name for? You know how hard it is for me? Sim. It's a three. Sam. 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 If you give me that $100 note, I'll take it and put it on my photocopier for you. <laughs> 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 yeah. Go back 10 photocopies. <laughs> <laughs> Ever since I've had the $100 note in my wallet, I believe it brings me luck, because I'm a wee bit superstitious. So people who are down on their luck, who are good buggers, will get $100. It's not about the money, is it? I'm feeling unlikely. I can tell you a wee story about one of our members who lost his wife. Two days later, his shop got broken into and they stole all the laptops. Yesterday, somebody driving down the road who had a, a heart uh, misadvent drove into his car and he saw his car flying across. And I said, Paul, that's three. 
No, but I, you know, I, 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 have you oh, yeah, well, we haven't got yeah, but that's amazing. Eh? I think things happen in threes, and I've lost our train of Tim, Sam, Jim, um, Ben's uh, comment about the one percent or percentage pay yourself first. I think um, if you're running a limited liability company or anything government created, you've got to pay the government first, don't you? We've got no accountants here. Yep. I cannot confirm or deny. Yeah, you've got to pay the government first because then you can work out from there uh, what uh, is then owing to the government at the end of the financial year. No. Mm. No. No. You pay yourself first. One percent. It's still part of your books. It's not like you're you're ripping off your books. But if you pay yourself first, the tax still gets paid. Mm. But if you get twenty dollars in and you're putting twenty cents aside, the accounts still account for the twenty dollars. So it's all part of good good bookkeeping. It's not you're stealing or not paying all your other bills. But it's about the habit and it's about conditioning your brain Mm -hmm. that you deserve to be paid first. We all do. We had a discussion at one of our groups, our group in Brighton, and said... That's the best of each group, isn't it? It's the best. We're so good. That's not what you said. Imagine working for $10 an hour. I would love in my business to be paid ten dollars an hour for the work that I do at the moment because I don't. Yeah. But why is that? Is because I pay everybody else first and see if what little minute amounts left over. Instead of doing one percent, you won't miss it. And once that condition of your brain goes, oh my god, I just paid myself twenty cents. I've got to make twenty cents back. Another sale will come in to replace that, and it's just. Yeah, You'd have to agree with that, Tim, wouldn't you? Yeah. I think uh, if, uh, I'm hearing you. There's a, re- there's a really good YouTube video. I'm, I'm, I'm hearing you, but um, one of the aspects of, oh, you know, that, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. I'm right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Give me that for a crown created entity, yes. <laughs> Okay, there's a YouTube video of the guy, and he's got two jars. You would have heard me talk about it before. One of the jars is full of golf balls. And the other jar is half full of sand. And the object of the game is to put all everything into one jar. So the guy gets the golf balls and he tries to put it into the jar that's uh, half full of sand. And he's got half j- golf balls and didn't get the task done. So he took all the golf balls out and he put them back into the other jar. And he got the sand and he tipped it around the other golf balls and everything fitted in. Then the smart aleck pulled out a bottle of beer and he tipped that around in there and he said there's always room in life for a beer as well and it all fitted so it isn't uh, the, what I reckon you, you're saying it's about priorities now I just you know I smashed the car this week it's probably going to cost me five grand to fix it I'll find that money and I'll still pay my tax but why is it when we have an emergency we seem to find the money why can't we find that money and put it into some sort of investment because everything fits around anyway it's fear fear because what it is is that you hold on to that money rather than paying yourself so that the money actually flows through and it always flows, you'll always find another job for that money to come through 
It's actually your relationship with money. Um, I've just finished reading a really good book called mm. The Barefoot Investor. This actually should be in um, high school education for everybody. It's that good. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. I'll try to go the wrong way. Um, but yes, and he goes right down to the nitty gritty of dividing your money up into buckets, uh, what you should invest in, um, other than just uh, rental properties. Um, it is a very good book. It's a good read. Thank you very much. Um, David Clarkson. Hello. <laughs> Sorry. You're a thinker. What are you thinking? Uh, it depends a lot on what's happening with, with, your, with the economy. I can always remember back in the days, aged hit, when the interest rates were um, up to sort of 18, 22, 23%. Talking back in the 80s now. And one of the things that I focused on uh, in my major debt at that stage was a young married man and family and what have you. And uh, it was cheaper for me, the best way to be able to handle any excess money that I had other than looking after the food and stuff and the roof over my head and the closing right back. Um, was to fire that money into my mortgage because if I invested the money anywhere else, I was going to end up paying tax on it. But what I could do is because I the sort of mortgage that I fixed up for myself allowed put a minimum on how much I had to repay each period, but didn't put a maximum amount on it. And so, in actual fact, the best return on the money was in fact reducing the amount of interest that I was paying by paying that money back and it was better than investing the money somewhere else rather than paying back the mortgage and then having to pay tax on that. So it's just it's a matter of priorities and it's a matter of taking account of what the economic situation is at the time that you are because you're not independent of that that's going to be part of the decision making process. Uh, cool. Uh, Mark, you can talk prematurely without a ball. We have a ball now. Oh, right. You reminded me. Yes. You, yes, you reminded me of the key point of that book. Yes. And it said that people do not like money. It said if you remove the idea that we're talking about money and you substituted it with anything else, have a look at how quick and how many ways people try to get rid of it. So if you earn money, you earn money, the first thing you want to do is to go buy your car, your house, to go out at the weekend, to eat out, blah, 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 blah. And the more money you get, the more ways you invent to get rid of the money. And it said, if you have a look at the people that have, have no money, who, who must, in some way, hate money the most, is that if you work and you got holiday pay, what do you do when you get holiday pay? Go on holiday. You go on a holiday to get rid of the money. <laughs> you, you, you pay your power bill in advance, your phone bill in advance. You probably don't do that now because you know, like it's automatic, but you used to go and spend it and get rid of it as fast as you could because you thought, I have to 
I am going to run out of money over these holidays. I therefore need to use the money that I've got now to go and buy the groceries and everything in advance, the smokes, you know, whatever it was. You all got rid of it as fast as you could because you knew you were going to run out of money, right? But if you didn't know you were going to run out of money, you would just hold on to it and enjoy having it. But everybody gets rid of money. Oh, there you go. Let's get rid of your money. Yeah. Uh, Mark. I guess following on from Rob's, Rob's theme is that I, I wish I could apply it to my life the knowledge that I have now back 30 plus years ago because I'd be in a far better position than I am now. But, but I think that's part of our growth state. But I, I, I remember the days when I first qualified as a teacher back in the day. You, asked, you actually used to get six weeks holiday pay at Christmas time and my god that was a lot of lot of money and you tended to buy if I if I could have thought back then what I know now you know that money could have been going into buying a house and all those sort of things but thinking about the the barefoot investor uh, point um, really uh, it's about paying off that bad debt you know and and things that are high interest bearing, they're the ones that are going to kill you in the end. So you really need to get rid of those. But picking up on what Rob's saying, if it's a low interest account, maybe just leave that there and make your other your, your money work better for you in other places. But that high interest debt pay off. Great, um, Josh. Uh, I would probably say something a little bit controversial, but brilliant, <laughs> Danny. Um, My name came up. Mention your car crash and you know having to fork out five grand. Mm. Why do you have to spend five grand if you're not having insurance? Well, if you do want to know, uh, when you buy a brand new car, one and a half percent interest, thirty-one thousand dollars, and you've had it for ten months, um, that means I have twenty-eight thousand dollars left on it to pay. But since I've had that car, I've driven twenty-five thousand k's in a year, so the agreed value is what they will pay out on, and I'm assuming, which I don't know yet. That, that car would not be worth $28,000 after 10 months. I probably would have, I reckon they'll come back and say it's worth $24 million, uh, $24,000 or $25,000, and then I'll have to top it up. Yeah. Okay. So when, I, when I bought an $88,000 car, the dealership said that we want you to take an additional insurance because we know that the insurance company won't pay out the replacement value and they wanted another $10,000 insurance on top of my insurance company. And that, but I didn't think about that with this thirty-one thousand dollar car. Yeah, if that makes sense. One of the things that I've always done is just absolutely minimise insurance, and I kind of I think at one stage I worked in this company that kind of validated what I was thinking. You know, if you've got excess money, I mean, let's face it. At the end of the day, insurance companies are making money, and it's a business making profit out of people's fear about risk of course if you don't have a bit of excess money you kind of can't self-insure but um, at one stage I was working for HP and he had to move all of the computers in one building to another building and you know what happens if that truck crashes on the way or anything like this we're talking about a lot of servers it's worth a lot of money and so we were kind of concerned about the risk of that and we went back to corporate about it and they said anything less than $10 million risk we don't insure, we'll just pay out ourselves for it. Mm. So they don't bother with insurance. 
And uh, I, I will, I will uh, take some risks, but other risks, of course, I will have insurance for. Mm. But I've found over the years that um, that in some ways that ends up paying off. You've got to accept that if something goes wrong, like your car, mm. you're suddenly going to get hit with a five grand bill to pay out for it. Yeah. But you've got to think about the 10 years previous to that you, that you've been saving $500 a year and that's accumulated over those 10 years. I can give you a really good example and I get where you're coming from and I'm not going to. The young guy that was 17 years of age driving the customer's car after it had been serviced for Blackwell Mazda who um, drifted over the other side of their own crash into my car. Imagine if Blackwell Mazda didn't have insurance. Then they would, because he's the young fellow's not really at fault because he's working for the company, and uh, he's totaled a client's car and my car, you know, and that would have cost that company. He could have driven into anything. Yeah, I'm not saying no insurance. Yeah. So, for example, our company cars, they're all insured. Mm. But my personal car for the last 25 years, I've never had insured. Really? Why? Hope you don't smash it to a jack. No. Well, that's that's the fear. Yeah, everyone yeah, yeah. No, never. And that's actually that's actually a good valid thing. So what you're sort of saying is thinking different. I really support that. You know, and and it is a bit of a gamble. And being entrepreneurial, we all take a bit of a gamble anyway. In some things, gamble that the insurance companies have already evaluated and decided that they can make profit out of it. So rather than give money to the insurance companies to make their profit out of it, I just hold on to the money and I'll make profit myself, assuming I don't have a major crash. And look, I've had um, multiple crashes over that time, but never have they been into a jag and never mm. has it been major. It's, you know, it's usually like, you know, you were just yeah, backed, yeah, into a backed into yeah, it was something minor, and so it's about a thousand dollars or whatever. And do you have an account for that, or do you actually and just use your business account? I've always just kind of yeah, I've always got a buffer yep. so that if something goes wrong, that I've mm. got the money to pay for it because mm. you've got to have that. God, so I've ridden off three vehicles in my lifetime. I'm ahead of the game. And yeah, I guess. Um, yeah. One of the other things yeah. is with you know with all the um, damage through the earthquakes, obviously insurance has paid off for a lot of people on that mm. front as well. So I think what we're talking what we're talking about is actually fear, isn't it? Yeah. Of, I don't personally. I, I actually say it quite a lot. I hate commercialism, and I don't like Christmas because I don't like falling in line with having to buy presents for everyone. Sorry, Helen. <laughs> yeah, it was nice. Um, <laughs> You know, and I, you know, so I, I think we're all that, that sort of thinking where we have to. But when I started business, I didn't have all my boxes ticked. But now I've got the money to, I think oh, I'd rather have it. Like I'm going away to Bangladesh. I, when I had the accident, I'm sitting in the doctor's surgery about to get some jabs. And this car comes along, like Drew said, has it on two wheels, bang, pop. And then I see this car at the window going down the road with his airbags off, thinking, man, that guy's had a big accident. So I am in there getting jabs because I'm worried about my health while I'm away. I'm not going to take the five hundred dollars that I paid for my jabs and put it in the bank and use that to get myself out of uh, Bangladesh. <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. So there's there's what point risk. manage risks. Yeah. Yeah. And it is another way of getting ahead because that can also be slowing us down. Just on that note, we had a client at the time of the earthquakes. I think he had something like fifteen or seventeen houses or something, um, which he self-insured, uh, which was fine. Really? Until the time of the earthquake. Yeah. No, but I mean, his theory was beforehand that he was saving, I don't know, whatever, two grand a year or whatever it was on all the houses. Too. 
And he was, and if he had a fire, he would have been perfectly fine. If it was just one house, one not house, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Well, anyway, the company with ten million. Yeah, so he wasn't a very good man. Just in line with our topic here, ways to invest your money. And the insurance companies also lost a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. Hello, live mate. Two hundred dollars to see you. That was my point. Only Rob can have three or four points in no, one session. No, it's two. It's fine. <laughs> just two. First point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but the, other, the only thing I was going to say is, you know, how to make money or whatever. And someone said earlier, it's all about mindset. When I was about 13, I heard my father say to somebody else, never use your own money when you can use the banks. And he's regretted saying that for my earshot ever since. So I'm at a point at the moment that... You know, I've got some equity. It hasn't actually occurred to me to go and pay more money off my mortgage when my mortgages roll over. My my mindset just goes, okay, Mr. Westpac, which house are you going to buy for me now? Because so, money's cheap. So why don't you look at it like I was saying last week, I was talking about shared portfolio. Something where you can put a regular amount of money every week automatically goes into an account. And it, yeah, and carry on running your business like you do. Oh, it's not personal money though. Money from the bank's cheap, so yeah. Yeah. go out and buy something else. Put heavy money in the bank, don't you? No, that's what I'm saying. Don't get any value from having it in the bank. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we have all 400 bucks a week going somewhere. So why don't we do that sort of stuff? And does that make a difference? Five grand a year going somewhere. Next year we'll stand here and go, five grand now. Rob and. Okay. Helen. Rob and then Helen. I run the show around here. <laughs> yeah, Rob, my friend. So, um, I, shut up. <laughs> I, in one of my business, I, I buy and sell, and a friend of mine buys and sells. And he, he has got a massive amount of stock. In terms of what we do, I'd say his, his stock, if he were to liquidate it, would be 100 K plus, which you know, like in the scheme of things is quite big. And I say to him, how, how come all of that is not available for sale? And he said, no, because that's my nest egg. He said, that's my security, right? And when it gets hard up, he puts more on eBay, you know, and it flows out, goes on a holiday. You can't make your money grow if your money is, is locked up in stock. But to make it relevant to everybody else in this room who, who doesn't necessarily buy or sell, ha how much of your money is locked up inside of your energy which is not um, expended every day to make money? Now, if he's doing antiques like you, aren't they appreciating the dividend? No, definitely <laughs> not. <laughs> because every day he lives in there, the antiques, they get older, they work more. No, no. Every day he he or I leave them there, we're losing money, right? Particularly if it's not online, right? And it's actually got to the point now, um, right, if I go into an estate or whatever to buy, I say, I'm going to make you X today, right? Because if I come back in six months, it'll be half X because that's where the market's going, right? You've got to buy it and you've got to get rid of it now. But... Most of us float in what we're doing, right? And if we worked harder and we, if we maximise our ability to earn today, tomorrow, and next week, right, then we'd have extra money 
and we'd be able to you know, like utilize the options to but grow you money. Just made me work harder. I don't want to do that. Well, <laughs> work harder, work smarter. Ways well, ways to grow your money. So it doesn't matter if we earn hundred thousand dollars or twenty five thousand dollars a year. We're talking about ways to grow your money. So if you have two and a half thousand dollars sitting here in front of you, and I said I want to give you three months, what are you going to do with it? Not much money, but what would you do with it? That's what we're talking about. Oh, madame. You're forgetting your wife again. Why? Five. Oh, you're not. You're not. You're Sorry, we had a protester. <laughs> uh, who was? I've lost the thought of that. Helen. Uh, oh, sorry, Helen. Oh, I see what you were saying. Sorry, wife first, please. Um, what we were talking about before and last week, just diversifying your assets, interests, putting them all into all different things. And what Kay said, I think, was fantastic about harmony. And I looked into that, and I'm get into that but it's funny because the money that you get like you know I see a little bit building up on my bank and I go oh great now what can I put that towards and like what you were saying put it towards a holiday it's not like that nesting that I think about I put it towards things that I want now and, and that mindset is more that you know live for the moment than live for your future I guess yeah Thank you, we wife. all think differently <laughs> uh, yeah oh sorry I, I, I know your name, and I, Tracy, yes. I'm going to practice that every day from now on, I promise. Um, so, I had a lot to read in this book. I actually um, look at the industries that have basically just booted up. So the wellness industry is one of those that is basically growing tenfold. Um, so recently the email just came through from Be Pure and they've actually put that out to the market for shareholders to invest. So it's a certain amount to actually grow your money. Um, and I think that's actually quite a good way to actually get on the ground or level to make money. There's another company too called Puro and they're actually a cannabis as well. Yeah, now yeah, you're talking good. We're going to say that. No, 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 no. It's the oh, cannabis oil. I've never done any drugs just for the record, please. Sam, my friend. You've only got to the store for Oh, really? Oh, we've got two and a half thousand dollars in front of us. You're still thinking of ways to spend it. Can I just ask about that? So that Puro, the cannabis oil, so you can invest in that. Yes, so Stephen has just said yeah. you've only got until the 4th. It's about the 4th or the 12th of December. Oh, okay, yeah. It's interesting, I'm finding all the potheads in Elite 6, actually, because they all light up when they say cannabis. Sorry, Sam. So, well, a good number of years ago, there used to be this competition that you started in Invercargill in your underwear, and you had to get to Auckland with a million dollars in your pocket. Over over a period of I think uh, two weeks or, or a yeah. month. And it was the wealthy guys that did it as a competition and but they they weren't allowed to use their own money, they only used their connections mm -hmm. and, and things like that. And they started yeah, in the cargo in their underwear. Yeah. 
and got to Auckland. The one with the most money and the most toys who got to Auckland mm. was the winner. Now, how much money did they start with? Because I remember the story. It was like 500 bucks. And the guy went mm. and hired a suit, went and got a job and was driving like a Porsche within hours uh, just because of his connections. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, I remember Dolph telling me about it. And uh, he did it a couple of times, which was fantastic. So mm. I think one day they'd be neat to try and do. That's the thinking. So... Yeah, it would be interesting. We should have a wee challenge, no, right? I'd, 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 I'd end up in Gore a month later still in my underwear. Oh, I think I'll do it all the time. That is a thought that will not come out of my mouth. I'll say it So, two and a half grand in front of us right now. Yeah. It really depends on how much of a long-term investment you want because for two and a half grand you could do a lot of investing in yourself and in your <coughs> education and in your skill set to earn more money further down the track mm-hmm. so it, do we put money in to make money or do we put money into us to actually invest in ourselves and make more down the track i, I watch a lot of gary uh Vendertruck, and if you're listening gary give me your phone number because i'd like to bring you and talk to you one day but he goes garrisoning, and he goes in and he buys a fifteen dollar item, puts it on eBay, and sells it for fifty bucks. And uh, a lot of uh, those, uh, they call them, um, oh, I forgot what hustlers. Hashtag hustlers. Look at them. They're buying shoes on special, going and selling for a mid-range price, and still selling them. But I've done a lot of that in my time. What happens is after a while, like with our online shops, we are now inundated with uh, administration, and it bottlenecks the business. So all, a lot of that stuff where you get your two and a half thousand dollars, go buy a whole lot of shit on some platform like Trade Me, and then go to a garage sale and resell it, repackage it, make it look nicer, clean it up. You know you're going to find that you're time poor. So my question is, what are we starting with? Is it the money? Or is it the time that we're struggling with? What about the profit margin? Yeah. Yeah, funny. Oh, there's a lady yeah, over here. Um, my with wife. That sort of thing, Trade Me. When you're putting things on trade me, um, I had a lot of things. I had lots of kids' shoes and clothes and good quality stuff, but they just didn't sell. And the time that it takes to write up all the um, descriptions, and then you get people asking stupid questions: what size is it? And you've already put that on there. And um, it's it's time for. I just do not have the time to do that. A friend of mine made two thousand dollars putting all her kids' things on trade me, and she did really well. But I just don't have the time. I'd rather just give them away to Sally Army. I have all my old way. clothes. Yeah. I can't sell them. They are yeah. brand new yeah. clothes. I don't. Just They're not brand new because I still have the label on you. They had a, they, a lot of. Did you hop have, No, they have labels <laughs> still on oh. because I model them because they are now. And then you so get to a certain point. You get to a certain point with Trade Me where they start um, taxing you, or um, they class you as a business, and you know you try to make a side income I just know. as a Go on, Facebook marketplace. marketplace. Yeah, good to get started here. It's also really I can't remember what it was but um, they class you as a company once you start yeah. making a bit of money for it it's that's not like a personal thing where that was dad just wants to sell a pair of shoes you know you're starting to make a business um, let's just hear from Rob because I know Rob has 18,000 people who have written reviews about him on trading Okay, um, I think I think I'll, I'll just diversify from what I was going to talk about. 
if you sell on Trade Me, you have got no option of how you sell on Trade Me anymore. Because it used to be you could throw it on, you know, like no reserves, you know, like in the way it goes, and it would bind its money. There's so much stuff on there now that half of it can't be found. So if you want to sell on Trade Me, anybody, you know, online here, all right, you put the price on that you want to get and you sit on it and be prepared to own it for the next year. Yeah. Um, but you will sell it on your feedback. You will sell it on your feedback. If you have have really massively high feedback, you will sell it because the people know that if I buy off this person, it is going to be what I think it is. And if I buy off of anybody else, I'm not too sure. Credibility. Yeah, right. But... Um, Point number two? Point number one <laughs> on topic is I think the greatest a way to make your money grow is to invest in yourself and, and your ability to earn because true financial freedom or anything like that is your ability to earn. If you had no money in your bank account, in your wallet, but you had the ability to earn, you're rich and you're feeling rich. I think that's the important. I believe I don't do university. I didn't do school. It's shows kindergarten. <laughs> but I believe there's a pie, and it's got different pieces. And you do need to do. I'm really big on personal. Um, what do you call that? Personal development. Um, you know, education. I had to fill out some forms for my visa, and as soon as I got the form, I remember what it was like at school, having to learn. I couldn't absorb the information, so I had to find my own way to learn and absorb information. And at the end of it, I think it just comes down to percentages. How much you need to, how much energy you need to get up in the morning at the mindset of how you feel about what you're doing, what charges you up so you can get through the day, is what I put personal development down to. So I mean, if I was going to put two and a half thousand dollars here on the desk and I was going to go and invest it, what goes through my mind is how much time, energy, and effort do I need to put in to get a return on this money? Is my time better utilised somewhere else? that I'm more passionate about and putting that money somewhere away for a certain amount of time to when I'm in the right mindset to do something better with it. Because there's always it's timing is everything in business. Now, if you had that two and a half thousand dollars in front of you when there was a recession on, it may be different to when there isn't one. You know, we could combine the two and a half thousand dollars in the room and have thirty thousand dollars and then get an expert we get Kate. <laughs> to put that $30,000 and do that job for us. Is that a better investment? You Using somebody else's strength and then us focusing on something else that we are good at. Maybe you already have those people to do that, like Craig Investments. So if you want, if you win $15 million, yes. that's the first thing that you'd be going to do is going to see one of those people to yep. sit down, have a conversation and see where you put money. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, that's how I talk to some great investments, funny enough. Uh, right, uh, where do we get to here? And thank you, Helen, for trying to make. We've got ten more minutes. Uh, yeah, who hasn't had a go? Just thinking about that. Um, okay. I've got investment advice. Isn't that what we're here for? If you can help me grow my two and a half thousand. Um, so uh, Tracy, I think, just mentioned and it triggered for me. So the, the website that you want to probably go in and have a look at if you're looking at investing in something like Be Pure and they've got a list of inve- uh, possible investments. Um, 
is snowballeffect.co.nz, direct investment into high growth New Zealand companies, and one of them is Be Pure. Uh, but there's also a list of a whole heap of other ones. So they also get into raising capital, angel investing, initial public offerings, investment banking, crowdfunding, venture capital, and private equity. So, and one of the ones that's within that to have another look at is Punakaiki Holdings Limited. So they again invest in startup businesses mm. and. Um, that's a bit more expensive to get into the minimum investment on that one's 1900 James was actually looking at that one. He was quite intrigued by it. It was really good. He read up a lot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's quite cool. Um, so what, uh, did we get, where are we getting with this? This is quite good, actually. I think we should all challenge ourselves to do something with 100 bucks or something or... Over Christmas, man. So give me 100 bucks now. And why don't you make it a year? Yeah, you could do. Hundred dollars over the year, and then every, once a month, everybody has to report on how the investment is growing. Yeah, good idea. What they did with it? I mean, I would just go to hard money probably and chuck the hundred bucks in there. That's a bit easy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I just go to pokies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That did cross my mind. Yes. <laughs> I used to have a pub that had pokies, <laughs> and I had this guy that would regularly come in on a Friday, and I kid you not, one Friday within two hours he sunk. $1,400 into my machine, wow. came out with $900 and said he had a great night. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, one of my clients was uh, worth $60 million and his wife was, um, they used to own motels and a lovely couple, but every time we went to Blenheim, she said, we just stuck into the pokies. And she'd win a thousand bucks and she'd sit there and talk with him. You know, and, uh, and he, she was thinking, oh, it was just terrible. I couldn't, it was just a terrible situation to watch, but you couldn't work this out though, you know, they, didn't have the sixty million now, but they they still had a lot of money. But did she go yeah. in with a certain amount and then one a thousand? No, she just was hooked on the, the the noise. I should have bought her the CD that the machine <laughs> made. But it was just interesting watching it, and also it wasn't just that she didn't. Want, her husband hated the gambling because he was an entrepreneur, and, he, and and she she was just wasting all the money. But he fed it by giving her money. No, she would help herself because she's married to him. Well, we fed it by not doing anything about it. Um, where are we at? Where are we up to? Um, problems. We're probably going to be looking at um, takeaways, really. Yeah, takeaways are pretty cool. I'll, ju I'll just add a point. Um, I read about 20 years ago, I was right into the share market and stuff, and, and so I read every book I could. And, and there's like this um, like big book on the share market, and it was written by a guy who, who spent decades investigate, um, investigating and researching how, how do you make money on the share market. He got all the data, crunched it, and he, and he realised that Everybody thinks that you're going to stumble upon the next big, big thing, and you're going to take a hundred bucks and become a millionaire. He he said the data shows that the twenty biggest companies that are in operation any one year will make the largest return on average over the long term. You invest in big companies, established ones, and you leave your money in there. Yes, that's, that's what this guy says. Sorry, Who's the richest man? He's on to it. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm not bare feet, but I'm yeah. close. He's 
sorry, um, Sam, I missed that. So like, like Warren Buffett, uh, not long ago, he invested in Coca-Cola. Yep. He put the you know, a major amount of what he earns, uh, had earned, into Coca-Cola because it's got a good return on investment. Yep. So I met a Coca-Cola rep, uh, a rep once, and he was certainly using some of that investment of Coca-Cola. <laughs> he was fizzing, wasn't he? He was a big boy, and I've always thought of that Coca-Cola when they give their staff free Coke. Oh, gosh. Just saying. Right, takeaways from today. No, not you. I just think if we follow on from that, there's going to be a lot of you know, like people lining up to work in that you know, like oil industry. <laughs> if they get a free sample of the canvas or something. No, it is. <laughs> it's purely, purely wellness. Somebody should have TV. She used to get a crash TV, didn't they? Mm, that was part of their system, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, Alright, so we do a two and a half grand, guys. That's pretty, pretty good. Yeah, I like the sex topic personally. Cryptocurrency. <laughs> I mean, people were opening crypto accounts, weren't they? And then they were making like two grand in a short time, but that must be limited. Really so limited when Cryptopia went under and everyone's money disappeared. Yeah. Just 19 million. Oops. 19 million. Yeah. So yeah, really limited. So there's an organization that I'm part of, and I've got two and a half thousand dollars <laughs> or something like that in cryptocurrency. But the security for me is the fact that I don't have to have a wallet, and yeah. this is what you're talking about, a wallet that's got a password and a, a, a login and it's a hundred digits long and all that sort of stuff. Once you lose that wallet, you are, yes, that's yeah. a good word. Um, so, but this Whoa, one that I don't, David, this one that I'm, I've got is part of a larger organisation and it's actually a, a, a worldwide online marketplace where we're going to be able to use our cryptocurrency to, to buy and exchange a, a huge amount of goods, travel, insurances, groceries, um, and all that sort of stuff. So they've been working on this for years, yeah. and it, it's going to be huge, but we're just sitting back and waiting. It's, it's lots of fun going to a shop and paying for an item with a $100 note, and they don't even have the money to change it. Mm. <laughs> I really enjoy that because you know it's you know, they, they need a life. <laughs> 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 I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. What sad person, what sad person goes around with they have to have a float, you know, and I think it's something to do with Reserve Bank Act that pretty much most businesses have to have a float. 
This um, friend of mine went into, I think I've got a shop and he paid $50 cash for a $16 something and the girl put out a calculator. <laughs> and I'm thinking if you turned up and there was a, a person at a two and you gave him a hundred bucks, they'd probably go, oh, what's that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. There's a lot of places that you go to, like those food markets that are cashless now. Somehow I think that's wrong or that's just about even illegal because the businesses have to be able to receive legal tender. Cash is a four-letter word, right? But legal yeah, tender is something that is legal tender. They have to be able to receive it. But if uh, possible, no. it's considered legal See, it's more do dodgy, I reckon, for those traders who used to receive the cash because you knew they had an open till and never paid tax. That yeah. used to always pee me off and I'd go to someone else who at least had an accounting system without paying tax. That's, you're all going to be on TikTok, by the way, if you don't know what that is. All right, uh, next week's topic. Uh, now, bear in mind, I'm thinking on oh, the last week, we've got two weeks left of uh, Elite Six and we could uh, have a very casual meeting here on the last Friday it will be the last meeting of the year and I'm going to do a bit of a push to get people here if I can so um, last meeting of the year should be a bit of fun I'd, I'd like to think ahead for Friday the two weeks two weeks eight, oh, the 13th Friday yeah we could have a theme uh, a topic I don't know what it is let's talk about it give it to me in two weeks but next week's theme where do we go and where do we want to go for next week have a tax Bring Sam to a party. Do you know what taxes, Rob? Efficient. Efficient. Efficiency. Efficiency. Sam. Social conscience. Hey, that's a lovely one. Conscience. What is it? <laughs> I'm into that. Um, is it ethics? Tobacco what, yeah, social conscience. Yeah, social conscience. What's that mean? I'm going yeah, we'll to say something and not upset Kay because she's going to take it in the best way that it's meant. Well, at least you're not going to upset me. <laughs> I have an issue with harmony. Yeah. And so I wouldn't invest in harmony just because. Because they charge thirty one percent to poor people. Yeah, but that can be taken into the business, much bigger businesses. Are we doing right in our businesses socially? And is it right or wrong? Because that's absolutely fine that KMD is in that. It's an interesting topic. Yeah, and it's that's why I say do your research. You know. But I reckon those people who sign up for thirty one percent. These people on a daily basis, and we need to be ensuring that we're treating everybody the same no everybody rightly yeah, I don't know. Equal, has, equal. has anyone here which is an interesting topic just to lead into one has anyone ever got a loan sure. I went to the I, I, I was I had a million dollar loan with the bank went through a blah 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 and I lost my house and went back to the bank and said I need thirty thousand dollars and they said no they said can you give me a million bucks and now not give me thirty I said say yes and they come back and said they said yes and I went, wow, and there's 18.5% interest. Westpac wouldn't give me a credit card. They'll let me buy a house. Yeah, right And then they'll give you the credit card after you've got the house, yeah. the mortgage. So I got a loan for 18.5% at the time, that was ridiculous. But if, um, has anyone else ever had a high interest loan to get by? You know, and then is that necessarily bad? They provide the, if, if you've got a Harmony, and they give you $20,000 when you need it. A friend of mine's got yeah. money with Harmony that she yep. just needed because she needed to pay off some debt and that was 
the only way she could do it and it and it's worked for her that's fine yeah yeah. A lot of people use it for business debt, you know, just yeah. a short term until a payment comes yeah. through to yeah, just get them through. Yeah, that and that's, little that's basically what I did. Uh, but what, so, if we did a topic on that, is it ethics or is it? I mean, is it a topic we could discuss? Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, it's a good topic too. Particularly in how you can bring it into your business and the decisions you make in your business and how they impact both yourself, your personal life, and society. What's that called? Give me five, no more than five words description for next week's meeting. Business and social culture. Right, well, it's yeah. like a moral code. Moral, 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 moral decisions. Oh, and everybody yeah, needs to remember business. to buy chocolate. Yeah, ethical. ethical business. Yeah. That's ethically made. Yeah. <laughs> See, last time she brought out one of those, she opened it. We got the sample. Hey, all right. Well, we'll finish the podcast off. Thank you very much for tuning in, and tune back next week if you want to learn about ethics and values and social, social, having a social conscience when investing in other companies. Thanks for listening.